Artists Make a Series podcast, I'm talking to the director of Studio Kind, Richard Gregory. How are you, Richard? I am thrilled to be here. Yay! (laughs) Richard, you do so many things, including filmmaking, printmaking. You, uh, please interject if I get something wrong. You have currently, you're running Studio Kind, which gallery um, space, is that correct? It's, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a a sort of multifunctional art space. Well, there you go, there you go. And you're also uh, a director of the Maker series. So yeah, you've got, you spin a lot of plates. <laughs> Fantastic. So I like to get straight to it and ask the first question, which is why and how did you get into growing a creative business, running a creative business? Um, it's, uh, it almost feels like the only possible thing that I could do in my life and feel satisfied and, yeah. and enjoy myself really it's a really really simple answer <laughs> because I have done other things and always felt uncomfortable mm. and always felt on the edge and always questioned whatever those activities were really um, so having decided at the age of seven that I was going to be an artist, <laughs> um, some, I have been drawn away from that path um, for various reasons. Um, but returning to my fine art um, in my very late 50s, Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, you know set over seven years ago um, was the the most um, satisfying thing really. <laughs> and what was that through? How did you get back into fine art? Um, so I, I turned my back on my fine art career because I I, I went I started a fine art degree at Maidstone College of Art in 1976, I think. And it took me, then took me nearly four decades <laughs> um, to start thinking about myself and my fine art practice again. Um, so I never stopped having some kind of creative life mm. or creative career over a lot of those decades. But um, really thinking about my fine art practice um, only happened when the voice in my head seven <laughs> years ago uh, became so loud telling me that I needed to do my own work again. And I very so almost systematically, but slowly found my way back in. So it started with life drawing again. Um, and then I started looking at courses and I went um, to Newlin School of Art where I did the year-long mentoring course. Amazing. Um, which was like a sort of fast track back into the, uh, the, the fine art world, really, and an instant 
and brilliant and lasting peer group. Um, so even though that was um, several years ago now, we're still in touch as a group. And, um, and then, um, so I've, I've continued that practice. I've st still got a, a mentor as well. Um, that's still helping me find my way through my practice and developing my practice. But of course, Studio Kind is very much um, an expression of, uh, of that, that part of that journey. And um, along with you know, Laura, my co-director, um, we've set up a, a, an artist-led creative space you know, here in Thornton. Amazing. in an industrial unit behind Tesco's. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so that that is another kind of, uh, uh, another, um, well, it is a community interest company. Yeah. But it is another expression of, of that long journey of mine. Um, and, uh, and how how it's evolved and resolved really um because and it, it 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 is a big part a massive part actually of how i've reclaimed my I mean, start sound sound yeah you know, I, I have just to say it, it's how i have reclaimed my identity as a fine artist amazing you know from that moment as a young child where you know for the first time i uh, when i was seven i had a piece of artwork um shown in the town hall i wasn't even taken to the town hall but i knew it was there <laughs> and i can remember that feeling mm. of having an impact on the world or something out in the world that wasn't to do with school or my home and that I would somehow express myself into the world. And I can remember that feeling and I can remember deciding that that's what I was going to do. I was going to be an artist. So, yeah, it's um, a long, has been a long journey. Do you mind me asking why you left? Um, fine art the four decades before yeah so that um, that really um, has got a lot to do with um, with accessibility and social class mm -hmm. um, and so I, my foundation course was in a very working class part of Essex in um, a technical college um, where I, there was a, a, a lot of the cohort, if you like, was from a lot of my peers were from, well, most of them actually, looking back, um, were from very similar backgrounds. Mm. And um, and so I thrived there. I felt really, really comfortable there. Uh, when I went to Maidstone, it was like the complete opposite. Mm. Um, and just to put 
sort of that young man that I was then in context, um, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd almost uh, got excluded from school. The only, so academically, I really didn't do anything. Um, they were half, uh, I, I failed any of the um, CSEs, which were half the value of O-levels then. <laughs> I failed some of those, but I did A-level arts at 16. So I was kind of nurtured by the art department. I'm still in touch with my art teacher. Wow. Um, and, um, and that really um, enabled me to sort of think about the foundation course. But when it came to the um, to Maidstone, um, I, I was really ill prepared. I was I, so because I, I fa I'd failed academically. It, what it meant was that the only books I'd read were a few art books. Mm and a couple of very short pan horror stories. <laughs> so, so when I went to my degree course, I couldn't even, I, I couldn't, I mean, I, I couldn't recite the alphabet all the way through. So I, I didn't learn to do that until I was 26. Wow. So what it meant was that my vocabulary mm -hmm. and my comfort were within the middle class, mm -hmm. Uh, academic environment I found myself um, I, I found I found that very difficult and um, and it was uh, there was a lot of conceptual work going on so I'd gone on to the course um, because I was I was doing a lot of abstract work to do with perception and um, uh, and was very interested in uh, in in Opa, um, but in that first year, we did a, uh, a a huge amount of performance and conceptual work, and um, and I I wasn't happy or comfortable with that in the way that it was done, but I wasn't able to vocalise that in mm. uh, in in a in a way that meant I could make any difference. Mm. So um, I left the course after having a um, a, a big showdown <laughs> with, the, with the head of my year. And um, to cut a longer story short, um, I had a uh, an exit interview. Mm. Um, and um, and there wasn't a lot of effort put into trying to keep me, mm. and so I, I I went to work on a building site, thinking that I was kind of returning yeah. to where I should be oh, um, yeah. socially, yeah. and um, of course by that time I'd spent three years in art college, so I was. I wasn't comfortable there either. No. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was uh, it was a, a transition time which found me spending five years in a caravan behind um, a, a a farm in Essex, um, painting landscapes and writing poetry and making paving slabs for people. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it sounds 
yeah, it sounds like even though you couldn't find your place, you did found, you, you found a place where you could still explore your creativity in a, in a, and it sounds quite, were you quite isolated or were you still connected to no, the community? No, I was totally isolated. So that's what was interesting about that period is, so I'd stopped calling myself an artist. Mm. Um, and um, and I, I didn't keep any connection with, um, apart from one person, um, didn't keep any connection with um, the art world, apart from one tutor and, and one peer. And, um, and, and yeah, really just completely sort of cut myself off from all that. I stopped going to galleries, so I didn't even go wow. to galleries. So it was very, it was quite, a, looking back, it was quite a sort of painful sort of transition, really. It, it is hard, it's impossible to think about it without, um, you know, acknowledging that it was very much about accessibility and social class, really. Yeah. There's no other way of dressing it up or thinking about it. After, obviously, you said you were in the caravan for five years. Yeah. Where did you go from there? I can't now talk about this without, without using the analogy that I used for my 12-year-old son about class. Yeah. And, you know, the way, and because I made the choice not to change my accent, mm -hmm. it, um, I, the way I describe it to him is that I have a passport that classes are like countries mm -hmm. and that I have a passport for each country. I am of both nationalities and that I can freely travel within both of those countries and I can cross the border very quickly <laughs> if I need to. And sometimes I can even have a foot in each border at the same, in each country across the border at the same time. <laughs> so, but it took, it took a long while and mm. a lot of different experiences to get to that point where that was sort of comfortable. And mm. the things that helped me, on which I didn't mention when I was in the, uh, living in the caravan in Essex, one of the things I did was youth work. Mm. So um, I so I was sort of developing my understanding of social setups and the and the importance of community. That's where that really began with youth work, mm. um, and then um, then the paintings. So the way I escaped Billericay in Essex and the caravan. <laughs> was with a girlfriend <laughs> who held my hand and uh, or we held each other's hand and we moved to Brighton or to Worthing first actually to another caravan <laughs> <laughs> but we eventually found a way to Brighton and um, and the way I did that was that even though I wasn't kind of putting myself out there as an artist I had all this work that I'd done over those years which were lots of landscapes and watercolours. And I'd written a lot of poetry. And I just hired an art centre. Mm. An art centre is in Biluki, it's very small. And I just put on an exhibition and I sold most of my work. Amazing. 
but I didn't take that as a signal that that's what I should be doing. <laughs> it was just me selling my stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what sort of funded our, our move to Brighton. And, um, and then in Brighton, um, I sort of ex- I, I was expecting to do something like painting and decorating for a living, which I knew I could do. Um, but I saw an advert for uh, a job with social services working with young people. Mm. Um, and it was way out of my experience. I, I, I really didn't expect to get it, but I'd never met a social worker before. So I thought, oh, I, you know, and I, I, was, I was unemployed, as it were. And I thought, oh, it'd be great to meet social workers, see what they're like. <laughs> so I went into this interview with the interest of just knowing what a social worker was like. And then talking to them about education and, you know, and the things that, you know, that I could mention in that story is that mm. I, a, a girlfriend had a couple of years before thrown a book at me called Why Children Fail, which helped me understand about my journey. Mm. And that's what I was, I'd brought to my youth work as well. Was yeah. Understanding about how, um, I, you know, I could be sort of identified as failing at one in one way and just be considered to be, and told actually, not just considered, mm. but told that I wouldn't amount to anything. And then, but find myself on a degree course. And then stuff, you know? So it was like, so it was understanding that sort of mismatch. And so, so I went on this interview and just poured my heart out in this interview, wow. used it as a time, as a way of talking to them about my interest in, you know, in the education system and, and what happens to young people that can't succeed in it and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And I got the job. Amazing. <laughs> and so I ended up with this mini career, uh, which only lasted sort of three or four years um, with, with the um, social services and then the probation service. Wow. So, so um, I continued to paint and draw in the evenings, uh, and so, but I still didn't consider myself as an, as an artist, but I brought a lot of creativity to those jobs. Um, and that, that, that was one of those um, things that I did for the probation service were what switched the design light on for me, mm. because I, I made, uh, I, I've become, they gave me the job of being responsible for training magistrates <laughs> in, <Okay>. in Brighton <laughs> uh, about the, um, the impact of, um, of placing prisoners in very small, um, and uh, often very unpleasant um, bedsits in Brighton and Hove. Um, so I, came, I won't describe the actual project to you, but I came up with a solution, uh, a, a, a visual and graph, graphics and perceptual. It's, looking back, you know, it, it's almost like an art piece, really. Yeah. Uh, it was a conceptual art piece <laughs> it, with my fine art album. Um, but what it did for me was to like 
turn a light on. It's like, wow, I can make an impact by doing this creative stuff. And so that's what drew me away from the social worker route and the probation officer route um, and took me back to art college where um, I, I, I spent a year doing five evening classes um, mm. to build up a portfolio and then did a degree in graphic design, mm. uh, which was started in 1988. It, it's just amazing and, and well, it kind of completely makes sense really if you think about how what if if you have creativity if you are creative it will it will come out in all sorts of different ways and and even if you are put in a job that would be perceived as the total opposite <laughs> of yeah, a creative yeah. job you still it still runs through it still comes into the job in some way and and also benefits it incredibly it sounds from what you've just said like not many people would have approached what you had to approach in that way and it just shows how versatile creativity is and how important it is in not just creative jobs but beyond creative jobs and how it can make you and someone else think differently outside of the box and 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 help people where without that creativity there wouldn't be that uh way of seeing that way of problem solving is what i'm hearing and i just think that's amazing yeah well that's exactly you've hit the the uh, the nail on the head that, that that's exactly the light that went on for me was that it created problem solving was the thing that was really, and that's, and, and, and that was a huge thing at Brighton mm -hmm. in that degree course in graphic design. Um, and um, yeah, and it was linking, it was linking creativity with problem solving that um, floated my boat and got me excited, <laughs> really. So yeah, it's the challenge, isn't it? It's the wanting. To, I I'm hooked on problem solving as well. I love when I get given something and I have to problem solve it. Um, and it, weirdly, in my own work, I often find work that needs a lot of problem solve. So yeah, there's something about the creative mind and that curiosity and that love for challenge and and going okay, um, how do I kind of solve this? How do I solve that? And it's and that is such a creative process. You can't stay linear with problem solving. No, you can't no, no. stay in the same format each time. It's almost chucking it all up into the air again and kind of seeing what goes with this current problem. And yeah, it's a very creative um, mind within that. That's amazing. I want to look at, you've obviously talked about quite a few challenges already. Yeah. In your, let's go to your, like in the last seven years, building yeah. your fine art and leading to so many amazing things for you. Um, what kind of challenges have you been faced with in that period of time? Um, I think, so my, 
I think probably my biggest challenge was um, with that first step to go back to life drawing. And uh, I mean, I can't tell you this sort of immense pleasure uh, of that first evening of life drawing. It was just like surround for the first time in four decades, really. Um, surround, well, yeah, it was the first time in four decades. <laughs> Uh, being surrounded by other people drawing and other artists, um, yeah. So that that, that was um, that that was fantastic. And um, with a fine art sort of hat on, so I obviously did some drawing at, uh, on on the degree course. But so there was that. But then uh, there was the how to curate mm. or how to jump back on my fine art practice in a meaningful way. And I've got to mention my, my, my friend Ian Andrews, who, um, who really mentored me through that process. Um, so I met Ian on the foundation course when we were both 16. Amazing. And you could start the two-year foundation course in those days. And... With um, and, and he always berated me for losing my connection with my fine art, and we've we'd stayed in touch. His, um, you know, he, he maintained his his practice and his fine art career. Um, so he was in a fantastic position to support me and and, and help me. Uh, to really curate my interests and my work. And the reason that was so difficult is that my work has been, the, the, the work that I've done over those decades, dipping into it, um, were so um, different and it, there was no continuous thread. Um, the only thread there was, was going all the way back to the work that I did at Maidstone, mm. which, oh, this was one of the things that I didn't mention, was that we got stolen out of the studio. What? <laughs> so all the, all the work that I did in the first year got stolen, <gasps> um, which is one of the things that added to um, how I felt about Maidstone. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so what I did, I ra rather than kind of invent a new way in, I literally picked up where I left off mm. as an 18 year old, uh, a 19 year old, and, uh, and picked up where I left off. And I started that thread. So it represents just one seam of my interest. Amazing. Um, but I, it, with Ian's help, I was able to do that confidently mm -hmm. and, and, and very much tested that out and tested out the confidence in that um, at Newland School of Art year-long mentoring programme. Amazing. So yeah, that's that. That was the most difficult thing, 
was was yeah working out what my practice is and um, what 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 seam of interest that I should mine. <laughs> but I think you also because you do have so many different interests, you are you do prove that you can keep those running alongside each other as well. Um, and well, from the outside in very effectively, how do you find that? Because you obviously, you, you make, you, you have your fine art, you're also a filmmaker and you're now running a, a arts community, not arts, art space, not community space, art space. How do you keep them all running along and keep the balance? It is my personal practice that over the last uh, year and a half, um, really since developing Studio Kind with Laura, it is my personal practice, which um, I've, I've had to, um, to reduce my time on. Mm -hmm. But in other ways, it has increased because, you know, and I'll have the, I have the burden at Bideford to thank, you know, for my first fine art film commission. Amazing. Um, and so, you know, I've, I, thanks to the person, you know, I have expanded um, that seam that I am mining. <laughs> and, and more really excitingly for me, I've made connections between those things as well. So um, the way I make sense of what I'm interested in um, is is becoming um, you know, less less fragmented and uh, and uh, and more connected. Yeah, yeah, and I think well, as well having a space and inviting people in so that you are surrounded by creatives that's more connection isn't it and it and it's quite the opposite of being in a caravan you know that that comparison is yeah well vast. I've never, yeah i've never ever <laughs> i've never ever thought of those two things <laughs> in the same instant and that is that, yeah that's 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 incredible. Yeah, thanks. So. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that is, and, and that what that leads me to as well is exp that's exactly how I I came to the studio kind idea um, for a gallery space um, was um, you know during the lockdown I I asked myself. Uh, a really big question. I've only done it a couple of times in my life, but and this was one of them, was what did I want my life to look like mm -hmm. in the next 10 or 20 years? And the thing that I decided I didn't want to do was to, as I got older, which happens to a lot of people, you know, I'm now in my 60s, what happens to a lot of people is their lives begin to contract. Mm -hmm. Get smaller, my, yeah. My, I made a conscious decision uh, that 
I wasn't going to let that happen. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do the opposite and I wanted to draw people to me and especially younger people. Yeah. Um, because I've got really strong ideas and, and, and uh, feelings about um, the, the generations mixing. Mm, me um, too, me too. Yeah, definitely. So, which is, you know, that's another, an amazing thing about working with Laura as well, is that, you know, Laura is a, another generation. Uh, and um, uh, so, it, it, yeah, Studio Kind is, um, it, you're right, that's a brilliant observation, is <laughs> is the thing, is the total opposite to me in my cafe. <laughs> it, it literally is drawing lots of people into my world and, and inviting them world. yeah, yeah inviting right. them into your world yeah. yeah and holding that it's not just inviting them but then it's holding that space for them as well um to also get inspired and to connect and to so yeah it's, it's amazing so on a day-to-day -day then how do you make it work how do you make a living from your creative work yeah so um officially um, Studio Kind um, has two and a half days of my time a week. Um, and then my, um, my sort of what I would describe as my commercial filmmaking in terms of, of projects with a, you know, a, a defined outcome for a um, sort of commercial purpose, then yeah. that that is the other half of the week, um, which is already a full-time situation. And then any time outside of that, I, I find, you know, for my personal practice, and, uh, and a lot of that over the last year has been writing about my work and um, writing short narratives and poems mm. is which I've always, always done yeah but never shared so so are you uh, sharing these or yeah, well <laughs> the, so my my um my um afternoon talk at the Burton was the first time that that I'd um decided or perform one of my poems yeah um, yeah. since I was on the foundation course in 1975. Wow. <laughs> so that was my, that was my coming out in that. That's amazing. Uh, as a poet, um, I suppose, um, it sounds a bit too dramatic, but it is, yeah, it, it, it did feel really significant for me. And, um, and it is something which I'm going to continue definitely as well um so yeah it's um a lot of the journey is about valuing things that i've been doing for a long while yeah but not sharing that's um has been a, a, a you know you, you your one of your questions was about you know what what have been the difficult things about it and yeah i think um that that 
finding the, the, the things that I felt that I should be sharing um, and curating those has, um, has been the challenge, but also hugely satisfying. And it, they have their time. I think like myself, I won't, I've got things that I've done a while back and I've just not, it's not felt like the time to share them, but it's not like they go out of date, do they? <laughs> you know? no, that's right. no, so that's they have yeah. their time and, and it can be quite amazing when they do have their time. It can feel a bit like, why have I not shared these before? But also, no, this is the right time for them to be shared. So it's, it's not always that feeling of, because it can be sometimes that, I don't know, um, I, for me anyway, like, oh, you know, a bit of disappointment in myself for not sharing them. But actually it's like they've been, they've been waiting to be shared to the right audience at the right time. Yeah. And yeah. here is the moment kind of thing. And I'm yeah. a big believer in that. And um, that's yeah, awesome. Everything, you know, everything has a life cycle. Yeah. And it's like, you know, take, for instance, the, the branding for, for Studio Kind. So the branding for Studio Kind is from the, um, you know, the design consultancy that I ran with Zoe, my partner, for those years. Zoe came up with the name Kind. Um, and, it, and it came out of our... Um, out of the fact that we didn't enjoy working for um, for a, a lot of commercial businesses, we really enjoy working for people that were involved in um, in, in positive social change. Um, so community interest companies and charities. Yeah. And it just came out of a conversation like, well, let's just work with kind people. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and that's how that came about. Wonderful. So, so even, the, you know, the branding for Studio Kind has, has had a life before. Yeah. Amazing. And, but now has a really significant yeah. life in something which is... Um, it, it is socially really significant yeah. uh, and, and really ambitious. You know, yeah. Which is very satisfying for me, but also <laughs> for Zoe, which is great. I imagine, yeah, amazing. Do you, do you have one piece of advice you'd give to someone else who may have gone through a similar situation where they don't feel like they've belonged, uh, but they're creative, do you have any thoughts around that? And what, yeah, what piece of advice would you share to someone like that? Is, um, I'd, I'd say don't, don't be frightened to test yourself out in situations and and withdraw from things that you don't feel comfortable about, really. Um, and I think, um, yeah, is is that you know, if you're not feeling comfortable, then it will be for really good reasons. Yeah, you just might not be able to be aware of them at the time, and that has been really, really true for me. 
is, you know, I found myself in lots of situations where on paper, I'm totally the right person to be there and, uh, and have every right to be there and doing that job or activity. But internally, I've been feeling like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't fit here. This isn't, you know, I don't, I'm just feeling strangely uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and, and that, you know, and, I, and that was, you know, in the, in the very sort of commercial world and in some extent, to some extent, um, in some jobs to do with social care, which is what I got involved with. But, um, but, you know, where I did feel really comfortable and it was like a fantastic kind of relief was, you know, when I went to Newling School of Art and found myself surrounded by, you know, 15 people that I didn't know, but were all fine artists and felt strangely very, very comfortable. <laughs> I'm really comfortable about talking about the work, you know. So, um, so yeah, that would be my advice. Really, is just yeah, is to trust yourself, even if you're not totally aware of why you're not feeling comfortable about what you're doing. Just try and test sort of something out, and um, and yeah, there's a, a a sort of lesson in for me as well in resisting things that other people would like you to change as well so there's there's a, a, a yeah there's that's resisting that is also i think important i'm trying really hard not to not to mention brazilian jiu-jitsu so brazilian jiu-jitsu is probably one of the most impactful things that's happened to me in my life which I started before lockdown mm. and then obviously I've only been able to to start again uh, relatively recently um, but um, it's it's had a huge the best way I can describe it is that it's like someone has switched the light on in a room in my house that I didn't know was there. And that, that, that the view from the window in that room is onto the world is a totally different view that I had. And, um, and the reason I mention that is because of this idea of, of, um, of knowing when it's right to resist something. And when it's right to, to, to go with the flow and, and find the paths of least resistance in your yeah. life. So, I've, uh, yeah, so Brazilian Jitsu has really, really helped me um, think about all the experiences that I've had over the last seven years and, and to really think about those in in those kind of terms um, and and will you know continue to inform how I I think about 
all those things really and even but even with that you've brought that into your space haven't you with your well yeah there you go yeah life story yeah yeah so so coming up I'm I'm sure Ben uh, yeah I mean Ben who runs uh, yeah yeah I'm a um I've mispronounced it for ages, so I was <laughs> checking myself. There's, I said Yamar for ages, which is an Essex version of Yammer. Um, uh, and yeah, so Ben has, has built um, that up, and, and, and it's an amazing sort of community that is built up. And, and we're, we've got something, we've come up with this fight club drawing group um, with with Ben's support and uh, and with the support of um, the students at Yamo as well. And they come in and they spar um, in front of a group of artists who are drawing them. And they spar to a a jazz soundtrack. (laughs) Amazing. Becomes... Um, uh, uh, more intense as the hour goes by and they will spar so it's live sparring so it's real fighting Um, uh, it starts off with a bit of positional work for people to warm up but then um, for a minute they spar and then I switch the music off and they freeze in whatever position they're in which is quite challenging for them (laughs) Um, it's quite well very challenging for them but also quite rewarding for yeah them. so they get to stop and they got they get to analyze uh, transitions between positions that they might not otherwise analyze in that exact space so it, 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 it there is a reward for them because they do all volunteer as well um so, um, and then after a minute's drawing, we switch the music back on and they start again. So it's a really intense drawing experience. Yeah. yeah I mean, that is, a, yeah, that, that has been a brilliant thing for me is to bring those two worlds together in, in that way. And I think it is quite unique. I'm not aware of it going on anywhere else. And um, so, yeah, so I've got some, yeah, Ben, uh, Ruth to thank for that <laughs> that massive change but again it's just it kind of is just another testament that you bring yourself to everything in whatever wherever you are you can't not do that it's the way your mind thinks it's the way you live it you know it, it, it it's not it's not apart from you as it's not apart from anyone we just bring ourselves and our own experience to the present and that's another kind of example of the benefit of that and not cutting that off going no. oh, I've got this kind of quite unusual idea let's just try it at least and yeah. then yeah. Oh, wow it really works very well <laughs> so it's not and it's and and it comes back to you know what you said earlier about not being guided by someone else when you don't you know when the feeling for you isn't quite right i mean what happened at newlin is really you know is 
is exactly that really. So I felt really comfortable at New Lynn, had a fantastic uh, peer group, um, but my, the, the almost, even though I couldn't have expressed this at the beginning, but, but, but and lots of people go on that course to develop their work mm -hmm. uh, and to understand more about their work and to change their work. But I use the course um, to test out what I was doing and that path, that seam that I was mining. Mm. So I didn't go on the course to change that scene. No. I went on that course to test out whether all the things that I was interested in about that scene of work that I was working on, um, how valid they were, and whether I could resist, yeah. <laughs> resist the impulse to make changes mm -hmm. Um, that have come uh, from outside. So during my crits were really interesting mm. because lots of people were saying, well, well, you know, why aren't you trying this? Yeah. Trying this, we think this. And my, what I was doing was saying, well, that's not what I'm interested no. in. I'm going to, I'm, I'm pursuing this. Yeah. And I'm going to test out some things about it. So when people question me about the validity of what I was doing, I found processes to test that out. <laughs> so, uh, you know, why are you doing 10 foot by six foot paintings, Richard? You know, is it just a kind of showy offy, <laughs> I want to be in a big gallery thing? You know, so my answer to that so the next weekend I arrived with work which was 10 centimeters yeah six centimeters and tested yeah that, that you know tested out why I was working to that scale um so yeah it was um it was a as much a lesson in in resistance mm -hmm. as it as it was a, a process of change for me, that it was to do with, with feeling comfortable about talking to the work about the work and understanding what I was already doing, um, and getting a fantastic um, peer group that uh, to to support me and to support them. I didn't ask, but how did you end up in North Devon? Um, so North Devon. Um, I ended up in North Devon because, um, so I did an MA in sequential design um, 10 years after uh, my BA in graphic design. And, um, and I um, used video for that project. So I, I resisted. <laughs> The courses mandate that you shouldn't learn a new um, a, 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 a new skill, um, a new medium on the course, and I uh, I made um, five very short films um, exploring the hidden surfing culture in Brighton, called not California, mm -hmm. um, and um, 
and it was and that felt like a creative life boy mm. so I clung on to that <laughs> um, for dear life uh, and decided to make another surf related film in North Devon which I never completed <laughs> um, because it was just that it was just like a life boy really um, and uh, it didn't have as much creative meaning as not California. Mm -hmm. um, there wasn't an inherent story that I was telling. Um, it was just a creative life boy. But yeah. essentially, I moved to North Devon because I was already surfing here, but made, starting to make a film here mm. gave me connections within the community and the surf community which I wouldn't have had if I hadn't been starting to make a film. Yeah. So that's what made me feel comfortable about moving down here. Amazing. So, yeah, that's how that happened. There you go. Follow the joy and, yeah. Yeah. That's it really, isn't it? Follow, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Follow, follow the joy. That's a good match. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, thank you thank for you. making these possible. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing, yes. being so honest and, um, yeah, letting us into your world. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Jess.